This is CPX number 40, Can the Church Forgive Sins? We are in the 10th article of the Creed as found in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX 10.1. Just question and answer number 1 through 4. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris, Sifidit, Spiritu Santi. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. In nomine Patris, et Spiritu Santi. Amen. Tenth article of the Creed, question number one. What are we taught by the tenth article of forgiveness of sins? Answer, the tenth article of the Creed teaches us that Jesus Christ has left to his church the power of forgiving sins. Question number two, can the church forgive every sort of sin? Answer, yes, the church can forgive all sins, no matter how many or how grave they may be, because Jesus Christ has given her full power to bind and to loose. Question number three, who exercises this power of forgiving sins in the church? Answer, those who exercise the power of forgiving sins in the church are, first of all, the Pope, who alone possesses this power in all his plenitude, in all its plenitude, then the bishops, and dependent upon the bishops, the priests. Question number four, how does the church forgive sins? Answer, the church forgives sins through the merits of Jesus Christ by conferring the sacraments instituted by him for this purpose, especially the sacraments of baptism and penance. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Timestamp. So, as most of you know, here is the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, and the first part is the Creed. We are towards the end of the Creed. I'm going to read it to you briefly here. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and here's where we are, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So our last section, before we move on to the other parts of the catechism, will be the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. We are in the second to last section of the creed today, the forgiveness of sins. And Pope St. Pius X wants to show that even though it is only God who can forgive sins, he's given this power to the church. Let's see a couple lines from the Bible that even Protestants are slowly recognizing right now why it's important to confess our sins. It says in James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Another line that Protestants are waking up to, and remember there's three main branches of Christianity, Catholicism, Orthodoxy, and Protestantism. Catholicism and Orthodoxy have always had confession. Protestants don't have apostolic succession, but they are recognizing the psychological benefits of confession, especially when they read lines like this. This is 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. But see, that's more than just psychological effect. That's an if-then statement. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. Now, there's some non-Catholics who would admit, okay, so I do have to confess my sins, but why do I have to go to a priest for it? That answer comes from John chapter 20 right here. 
John chapter 20, verses 22 to 23. And remember, this is right after the resurrection. Jesus is with the apostles. He breathes on them and he says, quote, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So that's a gift given explicitly to the apostles and their successors who are the bishops and by proxy their priests. So this isn't just, you know, there are Protestants out there who say the word retain. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. There's some people who interpret that to mean, well, when a Christian doesn't forgive another Christian, he retains his sins. But none of the church fathers, none of the early Christians understood it as that. If you committed a grave sin, you had to go to the bishop for public absolution and public penance. Now, in the 6th century, thankfully, this turned into private absolution and, and private penance. But still, you had to go to the bishop and eventually one of his representatives who was validly ordained, namely a priest, who could trace his apostolic succession directly back to the apostles. Now, we as Catholics, and I think the Orthodox too, they understand this word retain to mean the priest can refuse you absolution. Now, very few saints did it as frequently as someone like Padre Pio, but Padre Pio was given the grace of knowing when someone was not sorry. If I were ever to teach seminary, I would tell seminarians, all you have to do is just ask people, are you willing to, for example, stop living with your boyfriend? If they say no, you can make an appeal to authenticity and sincerity to say, well, then you probably don't want absolution today because you don't have any sorrow for your sins. And remember, that's one of the requirements for a valid confession to a priest is repentance. It doesn't mean you're going to write your name in blood that you're never going to sin again, but you are going to try really hard not to. That's, that's part of a valid confession, actually. But I think more people have despair than pride. And this brings me to question number two in the catechism today. It is, can the church forgive every sort of sin? Answer, yes, the church can forgive all sins, no matter how many or how grave they may be. Because Jesus Christ has given her full power to bind and to loose. You know, I think most people in the world today, especially here in America, they might be willing to follow other religions, even all these lies that we see just everywhere in the media, because they know they've done something horrible in their past, and they don't think Jesus can forgive them. And so for any of my listeners out there, anyone who watches the CPX series, I think instead of berating pagan friends and non-Catholic friends and bad Catholic friends, instead of berating them with the truth, this is my suggestion. Really tell them God can forgive anything they've done. Now, it may not seep through the first time you say that to them, but I really think that many people turn to the lies of Satan, the lies of the media, the lies of other world religions, because they really, really don't think God can forgive them for something. Or they start to say, sin isn't sin. And even the people who say sin isn't sin, I think deep inside, they know there's something wrong, and they don't think God's powerful enough to forgive them. Yeah, they've been told a thousand times God loves them, but maybe they don't believe he's powerful enough to forgive their worst sin. And this is where we have to stress God's power and his love. He can forgive anything you've done if you would just give your life to Christ, go to baptism, and or go to confession if you've already been baptized. He can forgive any sin in confession. And that's what the Pope's even saying 120 years ago or 100 years ago, that God can forgive any. How much more now do we need to hear this as so many Catholics look at something bad they've done in their past, they feel so much shame, many people of other religions, I, I think a lot of them just don't think they can be forgiven. So 
instead of berating them with the truth, really make it on the tip of your tongue to tell everybody you meet in a supermarket, at a bar, at a restaurant, at Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, there's nothing you've done that God can't forgive. Or to put it in the positive, anything you've done, God can forgive. Okay, question number three here is, who exercises this power of forgiving sins in the church? Answer, those who exercise the power of forgiving sins in the church are first of all the Pope, who alone possesses this power in all its plenitude, then the bishops, and dependent upon the bishops, the priests. So like one of the examples for what we call a reserve sin, reserve sin is about five or ten different sins in the Code of Canon Law that only the bishop or the penitentiary in Rome can forgive. These are really big sins. So let's say you, please God, never do this, desecrated the Eucharist. You can't go to a normal priest for that. Only Rome can forgive you. Um, it used to be that abortion was a reserved sin, that if, God forbid, you had an abortion, only your bishop or the pope could forgive you. I think that was the case 100 years ago. Nowadays, I don't know of a single bishop in the United States who has not extended his hand of both absolution and recommunication to every priest in good standing in his diocese. In other words, if you've had an abortion, you can go to a bishop or a priest now. That wasn't the case 100 years ago. You had to go to the bishop. Nowadays, at least in the United States and probably most of the world, if you've had an abortion, you can go to a bishop or a priest. Why do I say the priest also? Because that reserve sin that used to be only the bishop could forgive you because abortion is so frequent unfortunately because abortion is so common he has extended his hand of recommunication to all of his priests in good standing any priest who has ability to hear confessions can recommunicate and um, give you absolution for abortion and so but even that dispensation shows you that there is a hierarchy of who's allowed to forgive these sins so we should thank god that um, he's extended his hand of absolution and recommunication in such a frequent but horribly grave sin uh, to his priests and glorify his mercy for this. Question number four, how does the church forgive sins? Answer, the church forgives sins through the merits of Jesus Christ by conferring the sacraments instituted by him for this purpose, especially for the sacraments of baptism and penance. So I'll just close on a uh, real simple note here on this. It is only God who can forgive sins. Remember, when I say to somebody, Ego te absolvo e peccatis tui in nomine patris e filii spiritu santi. When I say that, Ego te absolvo, I'm speaking first person for Christ. It's Christ borrowing my vocal cords as an ordained priest of God when I judge this person worthy of absolution based on repentance. I mean, this is a perfect person, just that they have repentance. When they hear those words, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, there's no doubt. So much for CPX today. If you can, please hear these few announcements. I won't add monetized ads to my CPX or VLX videos so as to keep you truly free. If your job stayed around and your church closed, please consider tithing your Christmas bonus to my charity and my ministry. If you're interested in this, look at the donate section of my blog. It is Padre Peregrino. I'm sure most of you have seen it. And I'll also spell it out at the end bumper here or even consider writing some good nuns or brothers to pray for me if you can't donate right now. Finally, I'll be on retreat next week, so there'll be no videos put out next week, at least not VLX and CPX, but I might do some random restream or Periscope videos on current events. Thanks for listening, and please pray for me on retreat at Benedictio Deum Nepotentis. 
Pacis Sifiri Spiritus Sancti, Descendit Super Devoset, Maniat Semper. Amen.